Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Clarkson checks his feet, fires the three, no good off the back rim. Offense rebound, Pascal back out to Joe. Wide open, pump fakes air, then shoots the three and hits. Conley, chested to Bogdanovich, breaks the lane, gets to the red of the paint, lays it up and in. Bogdanovich, right side, three is good. Boyan now leads the Jazz with 17 as he's got 10 in the quarter. Donovan Mitchell's on the right side of the floor, wiggles with his left hand dribble into a three-point shot and hits. Clarkson pops out left side. Guarded by Tate, drives the left hand to the rack, spins, leaves it behind for Rudy, and he gobbles it up for a slam dunk. And the Utah Jazz blow out the Houston Rockets 122-91. to That's the way to open a three-game road trip, PK. They had a 20-point lead four minutes into the second quarter, and that thing was over. They jumped on them early. Yeah, they're a much better team than Houston. Houston is in a massive rebuild, obviously. The schedule maker has been kind to the Jazz. They haven't played very many good teams, if any good teams, and they took care of business. I love the fact that all these the starters are basically playing half the game. Mitchell and Conley, 24 minutes apiece, literally half the game. Let the younger dudes get out there, get some experience, no drama whatsoever. So all in all, about the pretty much about the best you could hope for. Yep. Started the game pretty well in the end of the first quarter, the start of the second. That was pretty much it. A 12-3 run there to close that first quarter. They dominated early. They are 4-0 now as they head off for Chicago and Milwaukee Saturday and Sunday on the road. It was was an easy W. And because no one played big minutes, no one had big stats. Bogey led the way with 19 points and... Rudy had 16 and 14, and now the Jazz will try to go to 5 and 0 against the Bulls tomorrow night in Chicago. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. By the shoot, Embiid beyond the arc, fires for three. It's up and good. Embiid with a clutch triple, and the Sixers go up by eight. Dodgich spins left off of Powell. Met by Pirtle again. Steps back. Shoots the three. Got it! Morant, in and out dribble, working on Wiggins. Spins by him. Oh, what a move! He spun on a dime right by Wiggins, left side of the rim, and he lays it up and in. Highlights from the NBA action. There were some crazy games last night. The Bulls on a 12-0 run to end the game. Too bad they needed 13 points. They were down 13 to the Knicks. And the Knicks hold on 104-103. And in overtime, the Warriors suffered their first defeat of the year. Grizzlies get them 104-101. The Jazz are now the last undefeated team, not just in the Western Conference, but in the entire NBA at 4-0. Everybody else has an L. Look who's to top dog again, PK. What does that get you? Nothing. Just fun for a day. You care about any of these games? Anything do it for you? You care that uh, John Morant went for 30, Steph Curry for 36? Well, it was an interesting game. You know, the Warriors had a decent lead. Steph, I told you, I wanted to see the, uh, you always see the little floater. I wanted to see the floater from three. Well, I saw it. He shot the one-handed, uh, or one-legged, uh, off one leg, three, and it went in. But, of course, 
He's the anomaly. He's the greatest shooter we've ever seen. He can do it all. And then Steve Kerr resting Steph Curry to start the first, third, excuse me, the fourth quarter, fourth quarter, the first eight minutes, uh, because he said uh, Kerr said that he had played big minutes in the first half, so he wanted to take him out. So he rested him for eight minutes. Uh, Memphis comes back a little bit. I mean, they, they only outscored him by six in the fourth quarter, so it's not like they were down big. Uh, and then that forced an extra five minutes. Uh, uh, interesting concept there, resting him for that long. It, it just doesn't mean anything in the long run, but in the short term, it's something to talk about. You know, it's having him sit on the bench that long. Maybe they increased their lead or don't need overtime, whatever. I don't know that, but just listening to the Kerr talk. Kerr talking about the fouls and guys that are hunting for fouls. The, the referees are trying to avoid that stuff, and obviously that's been a big discussion point for James Harden. And Kerr says he likes it. It makes it more, the game more authentic. So far, what I've seen, I would agree with him on that too. I think they do have to be careful about playing Curry big minutes and running him down over the course of the year and all that, but it does surprise me when you sit a guy in the fourth quarter. And those tend to be the most meaningful minutes in the game, and we've seen leads come and go. So I would think going forward... Rest him more earlier in the game. but The Mavericks also won. They are off to a 3-1 start. But like the Jazz, they have not been tested by the better teams in the league. They did lose to the Hawks in the opener, and they beat the Spurs last night. So Raptors, Rockets, Spurs, just a little three-game win streak there for Dallas. So we'll see who else emerges in the West. But as long as you get to beat up on the bottom half of the league, it's, uh, it seems like it's kind of separated a little bit. There are just a lot of teams that have gone to the top and a lot of teams have gone to the bottom and when they meet up a little short on the competition there PK I think PK was about to say put Washington up there too we do not talk about the Wizards much they've been kind of ho-hum in the east but they're off to a 4-1 start they did lose to the Nets uh, the Nets got them but Raptors, Pacers, Celtics, Hawks, they've taken care of business. And uh, the Indiana and Boston wins should should stand out as, as pretty good wins. The Hawks win, that that could be a nice win too. So that's a team that's off to a start. But when you look at them, it's not like they've been playing the dregs of the league. We'll, we'll see what the Pacers turn out to be. I thought the Pacers might be a little better, but 1-4 to start. So we'll see. All right, and, and Boston is a game under five hundred. a slow start for them. I don't think they're awesome, but I thought they'd be better than that. So. All right, DJ and PK, there is a little bit on the NBA, and then we had a really good Thursday night football game. Hashtag NFL. Third down, goal to go, the six. Snap Rodgers, pump fakes once and again, throws the middle of the end zone. Touchdown! Touchdown! Randall Cobb! They beat Byron Murphy, and the Packers tack on to the lead. Snap to Murray, handoff, Connor up the middle inside the 10 to the 5, and dies for the end zone, touchdown! Second touchdown today for James Connor, and the Cardinals are within 4, 10.45 to go. Snap to Rodgers, he keeps, rolls right, throws the ball, batted in the air and incomplete, incomplete! It was Connard who had a hand on it! And the Cardinals take over on downs at their 1-yard line, trailing by 3, with 3.23 to go! Snap to Murray, looks, throws right side of the end zone, intercepted, and it is intercepted by Rasul Butler, and the Packers get the dagger from the former 
Lewis. Good Thursday night game. The Cardinals, the last undefeated team in the NFL, suffered their first defeat. Green Bay in front of a lot of Packer fans. Green Bay wins in Arizona 24-21. There was a lot to that game, PK. Certainly, I think the top storyline is the Packers are missing a lot of guys. Three receivers, including Devontae Adams, their best receiver. The tight end, Robert Tanyan, got hurt during the game. Knee injury, apparently it's pretty bad. They'll probably spell it out a little more in the next day or two. Uh, if it's season ending or not, but they sounded pretty down about it in the postgame. But despite all those losses and a bunch of other losses around the field, uh, different players they were missing, they they went on the road and won a huge game. Yeah, you obviously don't follow the Cardinals because they were missing three or four defensive players too. So, I mean, that stuff flushes out as far as I'm concerned. Uh, who, who has guys that are out that are more important? Well, the Green Bay made one more play. And that was a classic NFL game. You didn't see a bunch of high scores. You'd, you rarely ski a, like a 48-42 game in the NFL. We just don't see that very much. You just need to make a few plays. Strange play to end the game. A.J. Green not turning around. Gets the pick there. Uh, so that was that was a fun play for Green Bay. And Nice game, man. You really couldn't ask for more as an NFL fan. Cardinals defense came up big in the red zone twice. Got the stop and held him to a field goal in the second quarter and then stopped him on fourth down in the fourth quarter when the Packers are trying to make it a two-score game in the final five minutes. Good stops there, and then almost the 99-yard drive for the win, but beaten by a guy off their practice squad. The old, uh, you never know who's watching, you got to be good all the time. And Butler, who's a uh, been in the league five years and ended up on a practice squad, gets a phone call because the Packers needed guys, so... You never know. Keep playing. People mm. are watching. And Butler. Good thing he was home. Could you imagine if, if he wasn't home and didn't answer that call? Yeah, it was probably the landline that saved him, PK. You're right. That's probably a good point. It's close. Can you imagine the difference, man, if we were just there to pick up the phone and say hello? Get the text. There you go. All right, so football this weekend. <clears throat> little short on games with uh, – Teams with good records going head-to-head. It's mostly teams with winning records facing teams with losing records. See if some of these teams can catch up now. The uh, the top dogs now at 7-1 and one are the Packers and the Cardinals. The Bucks have a chance at 6-1 and one to uh, get to 7-1 and one this week as well. Rams are at 6-1. and one. We'll see if they get to 7-1. and one. But mostly it's, uh, it's teams with great records and teams with awful records. So are we going to have upsets? Can the Jets take down the 5-2 and two Bengals? Probably not. Can the 1-6 Texans take down the Rams? Probably not. Big game is Bucks and Saints. 6-1 and one Bucks, 4-2 and two Saints. That's the one game matching teams with winning records this week. Yep. Got the Cowboys handling the Vikings. 5-1 and one Cowboys. Well, I don't know. They're, they're talking about... Uh, Prescott not playing, so yeah. I'm not sure. We saw what happened when he went out last year. The NFC East all of a sudden gets tagged as a terrible division, and it's still not a very good division, but with the Cowboys on top of it, at least they're not talking about that, but Cowboys are on top of it because they've had Prescott back, so see how that goes. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. Utah State taking on Hawaii. Maverick Stadium tomorrow, 1 o'clock. Coverage begins 
on the zone at noon. Scotty G with the Aggie pregame show. Hawaii comes in four and four on the year, one and two in the conference at four and four bolstered. They un- very unusually have played a home and home with New Mexico State and beaten them twice to bolster those uh, numbers. And that's their only road win at New Mexico State. PK, I would think Utah State gets this done. Moves to six and two on the year, improves to four and one in conference. I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean it's very important, I think, for them to play well, play consistently, and probably most importantly, don't get anybody hurt. Try to keep Bonner upright as much as possible. The guy's been taking a ton of hits. Is he what the Rams last week? Sacked him eight yep. times, and then obviously there's going to be more hits than that. And it seems like every game, it's probably not, but in my mind, it seems like every game he's limping off the field or he's holding some body part after he had just been sacked and the team has to come on and punt. And I think he's a really good quarterback, and he's got to stay healthy. And this is the perfect game for him to stay healthy. Let's see if they can dominate, unlike against Vegas. Uh, Hawaii, obviously, with a long trip and all that stuff, they're used to that stuff. And you, you've got a team that isn't record-wise anyway, and I've seen Hawaii play a couple times, appear to be on paper nearly as good as you. So put them away and not have these last-second thrillers. Totally agree with that. And you're right about Bonner. It isn't every game, but it seems like it. The games it wasn't were the first two games. I think it's been every game since that Air Force game. He got, he got hit in the Air Force game, uh, hit in the back, a little late on a touchdown pass, I think. And since then, it has been dragging one leg, reaching to his back, it, he, and he's just gotten hit again and again. So if they play, play Peasley some in this game, he ought to be able to move the team. They ought to be able to win this game. DJ and PK. Hashtag B. Hashtag Utah. The Utes in UCLA, 8 o'clock Saturday night. Utah's 4-3. and three. UCLA is 5-3. and three. This is the essence of the Pac-12. These are two of the three top teams in the South. The Utes leading the way, obviously. But they're 4-3 and three and 5-3. and three. Someone is going to be awfully unhappy walking off the field Saturday night. I would think both these teams think this game is there for the taking. The big question mark is UCLA going to have DTR, and if he plays, how good will he be? Kyle insisted he will play early in the week. Guy's tough. He's going to play. I think he's going to play, too. I don't know how effective he's going to be, and will he take another shot to where he has to come out? So, yeah. I expected the Utes to win comfortably last week, and I was totally wrong. And I expect the same thing this week, and I'm probably totally wrong again. Interestingly enough, actually, I think the Utes can lose this game and still win the division. They I could. I don't think anybody's going to be better than 7-2. I would agree with that. I think for Ute fans, though, they'd be thinking, well, we still got Stanford and we still got Oregon. Let's not use the mulligan right now. And I get looking at the standings right now, you're not guaranteed to have a mulligan, but I'm with you. You probably are. None of these teams look good enough that you think they're going to win them all. Ute fans will just be more comfortable if they don't <laughs> lose one right now. Knock oh, UCLA totally. out of the race and then beat Arizona and Colorado and split with Stanford and Oregon. I think that is the Halloween wish for Ute fans right now. 
But is UCLA going to be able to run the ball on them? Because obviously Oregon State did, and Kyle's talked about the D-line being light, and they're really good at times, but not at other times. And There have been a couple games this year where people have been able to move the D-line around, and Utah lost those games. They lost to BYU. They lost to Oregon State. Those are two of their three losses. Well, this is a young team, and interestingly, all three losses have come out on the road. And, uh, you know, we know that they're not. They, last year they got zero experience playing in front of any type of crowd. Anything that's going on on the road last year just didn't exist. And so the growing pains that we thought they were going to have last year, they've got them this year and they've got to get through it. I actually believe they can win the division at 6-3. and three. Not out of the realm. Not out of the realm. ASU could lose twice down the stretch to be sure. Wouldn't want to have to count on it, but it could happen. Of course, if you're going to be 6-3, and three, it'd be good if you had the tiebreaker over UCLA. So beat UCLA in this one and give the UCLA their third conference loss. They're 3-2 and two right now. Well, I, yeah, but I'm not even really worried about that because I don't think the Bruins are going to go only lose one more game the rest of the way. 6-3 and three Utah, 6-3 and three ASU, 5-4 and four UCLA. Yeah. And the Utes are going to the conference title game. I would see that. That, that wouldn't surprise me at all. That would be everything breaking the Utes' way, and yet... You don't want to uh, rule it out. I don't know if everything breaking. They would have lost two more games. How's that breaking your way? Well, it's because what, it's what you would need. So things would be breaking. But your I, way. They're 3-2 they're and two right now. If they win, they would be 4-2. and two. They've played a lot of league games. You're saying they're going to lose two of their last three games, which could Ooh. happen. UCLA, they're three and two. Yeah, right oh, now, yes, right? that's what I'm saying. Yes, as I look at these teams, I don't look at it like oh they could lose this or that. I look at this team is easily a five and four team. I look at the Sun Devils and six and three. They've only gone better than six and three once in, in ten years. Why now? Why would I expect them to go eight and one, seven and two this year? But I look at call. But I I get your point about UCLA. But if they win their four and two, and they play Colorado next, so that's five and two. So lose to USC Great. and Cal, which might happen. They might lose to USC and Cal. Yeah. But that would be everything breaking your way. So beat them. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. All right, BYU and Virginia, 6-2 and two versus 6-2, and 8-15 on ESPN2. Pre-game show will start at 7 p.m. tomorrow night. You and Cougar pre-game shows will both be going at 7 p.m. Uh, I don't know. We're going to be all over the map with the Jazz game going as well. Uh, but... Flip around on all their stations, 97.5 The Zone, 1280 The Zone. And the Jazz now on the mothership, PK. The mothership. <laughs> so it'll all be out there. Bronco, the is he going to come home? Yeah. Is Bronco going to come home and get the win? No. I don't know how the, uh, the BYU is playing on your mothership there, so I don't know about that one. Oh, you're right. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, think as, I think as long as... Um, the Cougars don't give up a whole bunch of big plays in the passing game. Uh, I like their chances. Virginia defense isn't good enough. They ought to move the ball, have some drives, see some 10-play, 75-yard drives, keep Virginia off the field and out of rhythm. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good recipe right there. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. 
All right, Battle of Unbeatens tomorrow. Top 10 teams, undefeated Michigan, undefeated Michigan State, take their perfect records into the in-state battle, 10 a.m. on Fox. Somebody's getting an L. Is Harbaugh finally going to break through? Obviously a big storyline in this one. Michigan's record against top 10 teams, not good. Mm. There's a lot of conflict in what I call the foster household or foster families, and I don't mean the DCFS foster families. My mother's maiden name is Foster. and ah. Not my mother, my mother-in-law, excuse me, my mother-in-law. And so her grandkids went to Michigan State, but yet her brother's kids went to Michigan, and they're from Detroit, and I've been in the middle of this. So they got a little conflict going on here. Sweet. You're here (laughs) for all the conflict. And it's a big game this year. No question about it, man. You've already said it. So did you start a group text, see if you get everybody firing off on each other? (laughs) No, it's afterward. Then you start taunting whichever side. Because, I mean, I personally don't care. Uh, But I'm very much looking forward to this game. This is huge in the state of Michigan. And and it's huge in the Big uh, Big Ten. Yep, the Big, Ten, the Big Ten East, Michigan and Michigan State are both 7-0 overall, 4-0 in conference. Ohio State is 6-1 overall because they lost to Oregon. 6-1 overall and 4-0 in conference. And they're playing Penn State. Penn State obviously just had that really funky overtime loss to Indiana. So they are now 5-2 and 2-2, and and but can they mess up the race? So it's a big week for the Big Ten with those games. The Big 12, for the BYU fans looking ahead to the Big 12, Texas and Baylor, and you know Baylor. Little brother in Texas, and now Big Brother's taking off for the SEC. Baylor wants to hand it to Texas. Steve Sarkeesian's teams have been good at building leads, not so good at holding on to them and winning the game. So 16th-ranked Baylor against Texas, 10 a.m. on ABC. Another huge game, man. SMU in Houston. Houston, like BYU, is headed to the Big 12, but not there yet. SMU is undefeated in rank 19th, although Houston is having a good year. Uh, yes. Not, not, oh, not an sure. undefeated year, but uh, a good year. So we'll see if Houston can wreck SMU. Houston 6-1 and overall and 4-0 and in conference. SMU is a perfect 7-0. and uh, Texas Tech beat Houston in the opener, and they have won six in a row since then. So, all right, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 the zone. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Game three tonight, the World Series tied at a game apiece. They're playing in Atlanta tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Games three, four, and five. We were talking about what a toss-up this series seemed like and how hard it was to pick, and it doesn't feel any different after two games, does it? No, it does not. Padres have hired Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin as their new manager. Three-year contract. A's have granted Melvin permission to interview for the job. He's 60 years old. He won three AL West titles in 11 seasons as the A's manager. He's been with the Mariners, oh, yeah. been with the Diamondbacks, now he's with the A's. And this is classic, uh, whatever you've done, you go the other way. They just hired a guy with no Major League experience, and now they hire a guy with a lot of Major League experience. And it would, regardless of how much experience you have, it would really help if the Padre pitchers stayed healthy. I agreed, yeah, obviously. That was their Achilles heel as the season wore on there. They had guys dropping like flies on the mound, and you just can't have it. You have the greatest 
uh, other eight guys you want. But those guys who take the ball are so vitally important. And they need to shore that up. But Melvin's a proven winner in this league, for sure, in MLB, uh, I should say. And it's, uh, he turned 60. I think he just turned 62 days ago. So he still should have many, many good years left to go. So they got a, a proven winner. Now they got to have the players. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL in San Jose, Saturday, 1.30, Rio Tinto Stadium. San Jose's been eliminated from the playoff race. RSL is sitting in the seventh and final playoff spot. They got to pick up the three points here because the teams around them are going to be playing each other here over the course of the last week of the season. Everybody can't lose. Somebody's going to earn points. You need to as well. So great win in Dallas, but you're only as good as your last game. So they got to turn around and win again against San Jose. And with Portland coming up midweek, they're bound to be rotating some guys through. But although I don't know and I haven't been told, I expect Demir and Albert will drag themselves out there and be ready for a third game in eight days and then a fourth game in 12 days. I don't think those guys are coming off. Other guys will get rotated, but I'd be surprised if those two do. Yeah, you want to make the playoff and you're right there, you're in it. You've got to win this game. No, there's just really no, no. other alternative. That's right. There's no ifs, no ands, no buts. you got to go get the three points and get the win. 1.30, it's a matinee game. 1.30 at Rio Tinto Stadium. DJ and PK, that is what is trending. It is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up this morning, David Locke is going to join us at 830 on the road with the Jazz. He is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto team, and we are broadcasting live. Murdoch Auto Group bringing us in this morning. We're at the Murray location, 4646 South State. Come on in. Murdoch Hyundai Salt Lake, 4646 South State Street. For over 95 years, Utah's trusted the Murdoch Auto Group with quality vehicles and great customer service. And they've got over 1,000 quality used vehicles right now. They've also got 2022 Elantra or Sonata with up to $1,000 cash bonus. You can also come in and reserve your brand new 2022 Tucson or Santa Cruz today. Dealerships from Logan to Linden. We're in Murray. We've got jazz caps. We've got jazz shirts. We've got grays. We've got golds. We've got navy blues. We've got a, uh, we got a, uh, the, the kind of the replica jerseys in the t shirts or that kind of stuff. But we've got a Rudy Gobert uh, stretched out. All 7-2. If you want your Rudy Gobert t-shirt, you can come pick it up. DJ and PK, 4646 South State Street in Murray till 10 a.m. here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The new Zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the Zone welcomes Unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair, it's 2021, and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text hair to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or... 
visit www.utahairmd.com. All right, question of the day. We've got so many. There's so many games this weekend. There's so many storylines this weekend. Utes and Cougars both playing Saturday night. Bronco Mendenhall's returning to Provo. Utes, obviously, big game in the Pac-12 South race with UCLA in town. But are you fans going to have one foot, one hand on one hand on uh, or one eye on the game and one eye on the scores? Are you fans in the unusual position of rooting for Bronco Mendenhall this weekend? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dave says, why? This BYU fan isn't rooting for Chip Kelly. Oh, That's not on. quite to the point, is it, PK? <laughs> you can say yes, no, or maybe, but Chip Kelly's not the point. And yes, they are, by the way. Because of rivals, and they want Chip Kelly to take the Utes down because they don't want the Utes in the Pac-12 title game again. Yeah. Oh, this would be huge in a rebuilding season for Utah to get to the Pac-12 title game again three times in four years. Three times in four years, bringing back a lot of key guys. Oh, for sure. They're going to be the heavy favorites next year. Dynasty. As far as the South goes, now I think they need to sooner rather than later do away with the divisions and just put everybody in there in the top two teams because if you want to do your best nationally, it shouldn't matter because obviously you can run the opportunity of two great teams in one division and a mediocre team winning the other division, and you don't want that. You want to put your two best teams at the end of the season out there and hopefully for you as a conference, they've got one or zero losses between them, and you're looking pretty good there. And so I think that I think they should do away with it immediately. I don't think they should wait. But nevertheless, Utah in a down season still winning the division, that would be very, very impressive for them, and it sends a powerful message. And I think that message has already been sent to recruits. I think every team or every kid that Utah is offering – and is seriously interested in, I think these kids know who the University of Utah football program is. It's not like, oh, wow, I should really consider them. I need to think about them a little bit more. You know, maybe you start getting back east in the Florida situation, but we know they've got a number of Florida Florida players as it is. So maybe even that's gone. I think, you know, I say like the NBA player is sophisticated enough to just get past any stereotypes about Utah, and he and his people have enough intelligence to think, I need to check that situation out. I've said that many, many times over the years, and I really believe it's true. I think otherwise you're basically calling NBA players ignorant and stupid if they say, oh, I'm not going to go play in Utah, forget that, and just dismiss it with a wave of a hand. No, I don't believe that they do that. I believe they consider it in some cases, obviously consider it very seriously, and in fact sign here. Maybe not the elite superstar, but players who can contribute to their team. Well, I think the same premise holds for the University of Utah, that if they come after you, it's not, wow, I really need to consider them. No. It's like, man, I'm thrilled. I'm honored to receive a scholarship from the University of Utah, particularly if I'm a defensive player or they project me as a defensive player because they basically have a pipeline to the NFL. So I don't think they necessarily need to do it to win the division to send the message. It further strengthens it, but I think the message has already been sent. Brett says, I'm oddly conflicted. I'd rather Sataki win than Bronco. Brett sounds like a Ute fan who likes Kalani, the former Ute, doesn't like Bronco. 
but knows the Utes and Cougars might be going head-to-head recruiting over a few in-state kids. They'll both tell you, we don't go as head-to-head as often as you think. But they never tell us, we never go head-to-head. You know they're going head-to-head. They're all recruiting. The, they're all trying to recruit the best players in the state. I'd rather, I'd rather Sataki win Bronco. So, Kalani, he's still got the feel-good glow. And Bronco, uh, still the rival, even if he's gone to Virginia. Well, as far as recruiting, if I'm BYU and I see Utah's offered a kid and he's seriously considering it and he's out of state, heck, I would seriously consider offering that kid too because if he's seriously considering Utah, you're already getting in a different community a little bit there that has a lot of influence in the same way the BYU community has the influence. So I would think that I think they downplay that. I think there'd be more kids that they would go after. Why wouldn't they? Jake says, I like Bronco, and I'm a Ute fan. I think he's done great things for Virginia. Well, then Jake has no problem rooting for Bronco. He can root against BYU as a Ute fan, and he likes Bronco, so he can root for Virginia. So he's so I think on there's board. three categories of people there. There's one, I hate Bronco. Uh, two, I don't care about Bronco. And three, I like Bronco. If you're a Ute fan, and I think that third category is awfully small. (laughs) Uh, Brian says Ute fans love Bronco. He only went three and seven against them. However, I don't cheer for or against coaches unless it's Nick Saban. Uh, Nick Saban and what? What do you mean? You root against Nick? That would be what the way I take it is that Brian is rooting against Nick. He's won too much. He doesn't like Alabama. (laughs) But, see, I think people do root against college coaches. I think they're big personalities. I think people – I mean, Urban's in the NFL now, but they absolutely root against him in college. I I think Harbaugh, to a lesser degree, is a lightning rod. Chip Kelly, I think, has been a lightning rod. And Bronco was definitely a lightning rod in Provo. I think to your theory about the three groups – yeah, the, the second group you were talking about, they don't care. They did care, but he's far enough removed in time and in distance on the other side of the country that that's dulled a little bit. And they don't care because they're youth fans and they're all in on their game because with five games left, they're in first place in the Pac-12 South. They can pretty much eliminate UCLA. This is a big game for the youths. So they just can't get distracted by another game that's at the same time. They're all in on their game. It's such a big game. Yeah, I just don't think it's that big of a game. I think they could still win the division, but easily, easily win the division. They're all big. I don't think it's any bigger than any other game that they play. Uh, it may be more in doubt, but I don't, I don't think I don't think it's a division's deciding game by any stretch. If they go 7-2, and two, they are playing in a Pac-12 title game. There's no doubt in my mind. And I understand what you're saying. If they lose two, well, they're going to lose some more down the end there. Maybe so. I, don't, I can't answer that. I can, if you want to argue that premise, I can, I can get you there, and I can support that 100%. But I, 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 if they walk off the field as a loser, they really haven't lost anything in terms of winning the division. It's not over. Just, That's for sure. It's not over. <laughs> got to go back to work. Got to beat Stanford Friday night. That's – Win or lose, that's got to, that's going to have to be the attitude. You know that's what Kyle's going to say. Exactly. We all that. You're totally we right We all that. know that right now. Uh, Tammy, it's a big game. Right. Tammy Porter-Wright says uh, that first group you were talking about, there's the people who just don't like Bronco. 
Tammy, <laughs> are you fans in the unusual position of having to root for Broncos Saturday? Tammy, and, and she's got the Ute logo in her avatar there. She says, nope, go Cougs. I'd love for nothing more than a 30-point win for BYU. Bronco can take his cocky, arrogant attitude back to Virginia with a big old L. <laughs> I don't know if you've a Bronco as cocky, but... I don't either, but I get why BYU fans, or excuse me, why Utah fans do. He rubbed them the wrong way at BYU for a decade, and they don't like him. <laughs> they I just don't yeah. like him. <laughs> All right, you can hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK, or on Twitter, David DJ James. That is far from the only storyline, far from the only uh, big topic this weekend. I mean, it's Halloween weekend. That alone should bring up a question Great Halloween costumes. And there's one guy who really seems to embrace this. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's a game Cougar fans have circled for a long time as Bronco Mendenhall makes his return to Provo as the Cougars welcome in the Virginia Cavaliers. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 7 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Football Fridays are presented by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Well, Tom Homo has had some great costumes for Halloween. What should he go as or who should he go as this year? And with the Virginia coming to town on Saturday, Aaron posted the answer I think many of us thought, Bronco Mendenhall. <laughs> You've got that costume down cold. You showed up on it one Sunday night at Channel 2. You showed up with the gray T-shirt and the whistle. And every time I started talking, you blew the whistle and interrupted me. That was hilarious. <laughs> Oh, the old days. Right? <laughs> Tanner says he should go as Ted Lasso. Ah, American Mitt football Romney coach. do that? Moving to the EPL. Yeah, Mitt Romney did do that. That one's like the most popular costume this year, though. Right, yep. yeah. That's not who Tom is. He always goes for the extraordinary, wow, I didn't see that coming. And he nails it, man. He's beautiful at it. Matt said he should go as Cosmo. Ah, that's decent. It's too easy. Too easy. Dave wants okay. Dave wants him to go as suspenders boy. Ooh. And just scream at Bronco when he comes when Bronco comes down the tunnel there, what's that of the uh northwest corner? Would Bronco get that? <laughs> I think he would. Would Bronco get that if Tom would. was in suspenders and took a step at him and then Bronco took a step at him and then Tom got up on his tiptoes and ran away? <laughs> I don't know how many people would enjoy it, but I know I would. <laughs> that would be really Do it, Tom. Funny. Do it. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh man. Eldon wants him to come dressed as a miracle worker. What is that? Uh, well, the only two things that come to mind, I don't think Tom should do either one of them. <laughs> 
Uh, is it the Miracle Worker, the title of the Helen Keller movie? I don't think you can go there. Uh, and then uh, I dress up as Jesus, put on the beard and the long hat, uh, or long hair, have the wig, uh, do the robes. But yeah, probably not. I mean, thanks for throwing that out there, Eldon. I think Tom will go another direction. <laughs> okay. David says he should dress up as an athletic director. Now that that's your point, like Tom does stuff you don't see coming. I'm going to dress up as an AD. And how do ADs dress these days? What's he supposed to do, like horn room glasses and short sleeve shirts? Uh, yeah, I think they, had a, they have on a golf <laughs> shirt that has the insignia of their team and, and some right. pair of slacks. Yeah. yeah. All right, you got anything else in mind, PK? Anything crazy, anything offbeat for Tom? It's going to be out there on social media later today or tomorrow. You know it will be. It always is. Uh, I'd, I'd say maybe an honor code violator. No, <laughs> I'm afraid to ask what he should wear. It seems like we're going. Well, I don't know. You'd have to ask you'd fans. There it is. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, David Locke coming up at 830, our weekly visit with the radio voice of the Utah Jazz after they rolled in Houston, improved to 4-0. Bulls on Saturday, Bucks on Sunday. Could be a couple of good tests here. We'll talk with David coming up in 30 minutes right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're broadcasting live from Murdoch Hyundai SLC. Murdoch Hyundai, Salt Lake City. Visit them online, MurdochHyundaiSLC.com. They've got 2022 Elantras or Sonatas with up to a $1,000 Cash bonus. So, you got the bonus cash. You can't pass that up. Also, you can come in and reserve your brand new 2022 Tucson or Santa Cruz today. And they also have over 1,000 quality used vehicles to choose from. Dealerships from Logan to Linden covering the Wasatch Front. We're at the location in Murray, 4646 South State Street. You can visit them online, MurdochHyundaiSLC.com. But if you stop by now, you can pick up some jazz gear. We got t-shirts. We got logo gear. We got some Rudy Gobert uh, special edition t-shirts here. Also some uh, baseball caps. So stop by and get your jazz gear. For over 95 years, Utah's trusted the Murdoch Auto Group with quality vehicles and great customer service. This morning, we're here till 10 a.m., 4646 South State Street in Murray. Also coming up this morning... Those of you who uh, are listening, stay tuned because we're going to be giving away BYU-Virginia tickets at 8.30 and Utah-UCLA tickets at 9.30. Right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.